0: Merry Christmas are you excited to worship this morning man uh, from the kids program to the worship songs to the preaching everything's great today amen Good, I'm glad that we're on the same page. Uh, Let me do just a a few things to kind of update you on where our finished the project is. Uh, We've taken in about $4,300 up to this point, so praise the Lord for that. Uh, One of the misconceptions that happens sometimes when we're taking in for a project like this is somebody says, well, I can't give much, so I'm not going to give it all. Listen, when we come together as a church family, we do far more greater than we could individually and so that's the purpose of us doing this putting this out there to you uh, to be able to do this together Uh, so I hope that you'll contribute and be a part of that Uh, how many of you enjoyed the kids this morning man thank you to Shane and Deborah Uh, For all of their hard work uh, coming into this, listen, there's a ladies Christmas tea this next uh, or this next upcoming weekend. If you haven't registered, make sure that you register for that. It's going to be a great event. Uh, I'm actually bringing in a a college roommate of mine and his wife, and she's actually coming here from Ark City, Kansas uh, to speak and to encourage our ladies. And so I hope that you'll take part of that. If you haven't signed up, if you don't even drink tea, come. They have other things other than tea that will be there, uh, but it will be a time of fellowship for you to be able to come and be a part of that, okay? And so this morning is Family First Sunday. We do this every month. The first Sunday of the month, we worship as a complete family. And so uh, if you're a kid in here, will you just raise your hand up for just a second? Uh, If you're sitting next to that kid, give that kid a high five and tell them that you're glad that they're in here. Good. The reason that we do this is so that we can worship one Sunday a month as a complete family. Uh, One of the things that gets lost a lot of times in church is that we send our kids to children's ministry and we never get to truly worship together. And so, uh, me being an old youth pastor, uh, saw that 50% of my youth ministry did not stay in the church because they didn't feel connected to the church. This is our attempt to say, hey, we are a church family. This is your pastor, this is your church family take an active role into this, okay? So listen, you may hear little sounds and different people talking during the service. Other than me, they may run across the front stage, hopefully not, but they, uh, listen, we are glad that the kids are in here, amen? And so we're glad that they're here, okay? So this morning, um, we are going to talk about something in, in uh, Mark chapter three uh, that gives us kind of a description of family. And so I, I want you to think with me, how many of you love your family? Okay, good, half of you. Uh the rest of you will come back next week for a sermon series on family. Uh, so the, the reality is that we are a part of a family. And so I want to start out this. Kids, can you help me out? Can you get your parents' attention by just kind of grabbing their chin and looking eye to eye with them? Uh, if, if it's not like your parent, just grab the person next. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so and look at them and say these words to me. Okay, Very, very impactful. Ready? I'm weird because of you. Okay, so listen, this, I feel like a lot of clarity just got given in those first few minutes of a message, but here's the reality, listen, We're going to talk about family a lot this morning, and Jesus talks about His family. And so the passages of Scripture that we're going to go to uh, lay out an interaction with Jesus and His family. And so uh, the other thing that I want you to understand is that family, having a family, is a privilege. Listen, we talk about this from family privilege, and kind of the definition of, of, of this is this. Family privilege is defined as the benefits often invisible and unacknowledged that one receives by belonging to family systems long upheld in society as superior to others. Now listen, kids, look at your parents, okay? Just don't grab their face this time, okay? You only get away with that like one time. And tell them these words. I'm so thankful to be a part of your family. Now listen, the good news is they're going to take you to Dairy Queen for lunch. Okay, so this is an awesome thing, right? So, and you just brought much Christmas joy to your moms and your dads uh, for what they're going through, right? So, but listen, let's talk about how this works. I love, uh, there's a guy named Eric Mason. He's a pastor in Philadelphia, and he talks on this subject a lot, and he talks about the family breakdown. And listen, if you don't understand that Satan is going to attack families, he is attacked on a regular basis to divide families, to tear apart families, to cause destruction in families. So the reality is, after years in uh, Philadelphia, Eric Mason began to come out with a an understanding study, and he said the biggest breakdown in Philadelphia is fatherless homes. He calls this term "daddy deprivation," growing up without a father, and he says the the kid the effects of the kids in the inner city growing up with fathers this has major effects on the people that he ministers to. And so it's hard for them to see God as a heavenly father because they never saw an earthly father. Look, the reality is that how we grow up, it's interesting that uh, when we grow up, if we've grown up with money, we expect to at least be the status of our parents or even a little bit better. And so the reality is that's kind of how this is done. The reality is that also we seem to think that everything that we've grown up in is completely normal. And sometimes that's true and sometimes that's not true. There's another strategy of trust funds that we, if we can grow up our kids and provide for them the absolute best, provide for them everything that they could possibly ever want, that they would be the best. And we know that there's flaws in that theory also. And so, what do we do? And let me describe to you my family for just a second. How many of you interacted with the craziest family member over Thanksgiving? okay? Every family has one, right? So when we look around and we think that, man, every family has that guy or that girl that when they show up you go, oh Lord, it's about to get crazy here. Now listen, here's what's funny. If you don't know who that person is, it's you, okay? So I feel like a lot of things kind of got unfolded there. But here's the thing that goes on in our household. And listen, uh, my wife and I tomorrow celebrate 19 years of marital bliss. We yes. Yeah, <laughs> I always feel like people are clapping for her. Uh, like, hey, great job, Melissa. You put up with him for 19 years. Uh, so uh, I'm thankful for that also. Uh, but the interesting thing is as we were watching the kids or as I was watching the kids this morning, my kids have aged out of that. And it almost brought tears to my eyes that I don't have kids that are involved with this and singing and doing this. Now, my kids are holding your kids and helping out with that in that way. And it's crazy. But the reality is that in our household, we have to work hard at being godly parents. Look, The interesting thing that is in most families, we spend time with homework, we spend time with bath time, we spend time with hygiene and all these different things. But the the most important thing that we can do is spiritually influence our family. Listen, husband, let me speak to you for just a second because your responsibility is to love your wife and to lead your family well. This means that things are initiated with you, with devotions, with prayer time, with gospel conversations with your kids and the people that are around you. Mothers, your responsibility is to lead spiritually, to help grow your kids in Christ and to nurture and encourage them. Listen, when this doesn't take place, there's a poor view of God. Reality is that he's given us this institution, this understanding of family, so that we can reflect the glory and image of who God is. And so very simply, in our household, my goal is to love my wife the way that I should, for her to love me the way that she should, so that our kids would see the love of Christ and that we would invest in them spiritually. Listen, so we understand the responsibility that comes with this. So we get this interaction of what Privilege may have looked like Jesus' mother and brothers are going to approach him at a house And expect something from him And so before we do that I want to give you the whole context In Mark chapter 3 and verse 20 Jesus' family perspective A return to the crowds If you look at this passage of scripture You understand that the crowds had begun to come to Jesus He had gone home He was having a family meal Everybody was there And the crowds would not leave him alone So Jesus' brothers and mother walk out and address the crowds. In chapter 3 and verse 20, he said, Then he went home and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. Listen, I feel like this may have been a southern family because you don't interrupt dinner. Right? When family dinner is taking place, we don't take phone calls. We put phones to the side. We just enjoy fellowship together. Can you imagine this crowd constantly outside going, hey, can Jesus come out and teach us? Can Jesus come out and just heal my friend? Can Jesus do this? Can Jesus do this? And finally the family looks at the crowd and says, stop, we're eating dinner. So the family assesses this in chapter 3, verse 21, the third part of this. The brothers come out and they say these words. Stop following Jesus. Stop interrupting our dinner. He is out of his mind. Now, can I tell you kids, this is not okay to say about Jesus. Imagine the brothers that were saying this were frustrated going, "Why are you listening to him? He's our brother. Why would you encourage him? Why would you be here for this?" Family response in chapter or in verse 21, the, the second part. He said, and when his family heard it, they went out to seize him. Now get this, Jesus was going out to meet the crowd and he was going out to talk to them and the brothers and the mother actually put hands on Jesus and said, get back in the house. Be with us. Now, I don't necessarily know or understand why they were so adamant about getting him out of the public eye. There's a few theories that we may be able to come up with They either thought that he was an embarrassment to them as a family Or he was going to put a target on their back Listen, the understanding that at this time They already knew that the religious leaders were turning against Jesus So whether it was a protection or whether it was for his family Or whether it was for his family reputation We don't really know, they just took Jesus back in And so we fast forward just a few verses down to 31 because Jesus gives a proper description of family. The setting is this. Jesus is inside of the house, and this crowd has now worked its way into the house with Jesus. Now, can I tell you kind of the scenario that would come with this? Hey, kids, I want you to invite every neighbor and every friend that you have to your house while your parents are gone and when mom and dad walk in and they say hey what are you doing in here i want you to say these words we're having a bible study i'm teaching all of my friends about jesus now listen the reality is that response would go over really well right but it's crazy but this is the scenario of what jesus is entering into and so the setting is this, in verse 31, And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. Now, I don't know about you, but my mother has very rarely come to me looking after me when I wasn't in trouble. So it was almost as if word began to spread. Verse 32, And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and bro- brothers are outside seeking you. Now, to give context to what's taking place, Jesus has everybody in the house. He's teaching them. He's healing. He's doing miracles. And all these crazy things are beginning to take place. So much so that his mom and his brothers can't even walk into the house. So I imagine it goes something like this. As the person says, hey, Jesus, your mom is outside and your brothers are outside. The crowd probably went like this. Jesus is in trouble. Man, I can't... What did he... What'd you do? Aren't you supposed to be teaching? Listen, when mom comes, you better go outside, right? The interesting thing is that this interaction is a little bit symbolic for what Jesus is getting ready to tell them. The family of God was inside of the house, and at this point... Mary and the brothers were not followers of Christ. They were considered outsiders. So the description of Jesus about his true family in Mark chapter 3 and verse 33 and 34. He said, and he answered him, who are my mother and my brothers? Now, can you imagine the people sitting there going, okay, maybe he is crazy. You don't know who your mom is? You don't know... They're the people that are trying to get your attention, to get you to come out to them. He said, figuratively, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. What is he saying? By his response, what he is not saying is this. By his response, Jesus is not disparaging or belittling his family. And he's not suggesting that our earthly families are to be devalued or neglected. Those are the things that he wants to make clear, that you understand that point. But here's what he's saying. Jesus understands the value of the family, which is why he uses the family to help us understand a significant spiritual truth. When we are joined to Christ, we are adopted into a new family. The family of God. This family is just as real and even more permanent than our earthly family relationships. Listen, if you don't understand the value of having a church family, move away somewhere to someplace that you don't know anybody. One of the first things that you would look for is a church family to surround yourself with. I love what Kent Hughes makes a quote about this. He says this new family relationship is far superior, far stronger, far more satisfying, far more demanding, and far more dear than any human family relationship. He's telling us the importance of the church family. And when we use this term, we don't just talk about going to the church. We talk about seeing our church family. There's an importance of understanding who our brothers and sisters in Christ are. There's importance to knowing who the heavenly father is, but also who our earthly fathers and mothers are. So Jesus clarifies it a little bit further in verse 35. He says, here's the identifying mark of Jesus' true family. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. He so I want you to understand, the people that are outside are my mother and my brothers, and, and biologically, this is what's taking place. But I want you to see, you that are in here, that are actively pursuing the will of God, you are my family. But can I ask you just to look around this room for a little bit? Because this is your church family. These are the people that should be here with you, to encourage you, to support you. I love that a good and gracious God saw fit that even if you don't have a great father or great mother or brothers and sisters or whatever the family dynamic is, He provides a church family for you. Listen, can I be real for just a second? Every family has its dysfunctional parts. Listen, if <laughs> I feel like that may have been the dysfunctional part. <laughs> Every family has problems within it. Listen, we don't run from the family. We run to the family to resolve the issues. We love each other. We encourage each other. We support each other. We are there for each other. Listen, there is a world that is around us that, number one, needs to see who Jesus is, but needs to be loved by the church family. So let me give you just a few lessons that we can learn from this interaction. First is this, as the true family of Jesus, we should recognize the beauty and rightness of his words and ways. And this is our first and greatest priority. Imagine those people that were sitting inside Jesus' house, listening to him say, kind of almost tell his mother and his brothers, hey, I have my family right here with me. Imagine sitting in that room going, I'm part of the family of God. Knows me, he loves me, he cares for me. And as, follow, as his followers, we should have our eyes open to the things of Christ and be ready to follow him in obedience. Second thing is this. As the true family of Jesus, we should be unashamed to be associated with him. Can I tell you one of the most uh, fun parts about being a father? How many of you love to embarrass your children? Look, like this this is kind of a sport for some, right? Like And I have two teenage daughters, and God has blessed me with a wonderful family. But I can imagine that the conversation sometimes goes like this Hey, who is that guy? That's my dad. And the crazy part is, they can't deny me because they have my last name. For now. Thank you, Brian just took a depressing turn (laughs) it's crazy how many people will follow christ will go to church on sunday and lived ashamed of him monday through saturday listen this isn't how this works He says, you're not a true follower of me if you're ashamed of me. You are supposed to be my family. And listen, as much as we can talk about how crazy our family is, they're still our family. We're still to love them. We're still to encourage them. Third is this. As the true family of Jesus, there may be times when we are put at odds with our earthly family. Listen, sometimes these two intersect and you following the Lord and doing what God has called you is going to be even greater than what your earthly family is going through. You say, Jeff, how can you say that? Because Jesus was beginning to put his earthly family on the outside and go and do what God's called him to do. Let me illustrate this. If God called you to be involved with the ministry, And it inconvenienced your earthly family. Which one do you do? The reality for far too long is we've put the church on this back burner issue. It's a place that we attend or a place that we go to every once in a while. Instead of it actually being a family where we come together. Look, it's interesting because... When my earthly family comes together and we eat a family dinner, cell phones go by the wayside, nobody interrupts, we just talk to each other. But I think one of the reasons why so many earthly families are depleted and not proper examples of Christ is we forgot to make our our heavenly church family a priority. And one of the things when I was growing up, and maybe this was true for you, maybe it wasn't. But how many of you just walked into your friend's house? You didn't even have to knock. You just, you walked in and you opened the fridge to see if their food was better than yours. Or they had more at the time. And I, I never remember any of my friend's parents getting on to me. Maybe they should have. They just welcomed me in. There's a family in our church that I spent so much time at their house, my my biological mother brought clothes to church for me to have throughout the week. I think how lost this generation is because we don't interact as a church family as much. Look, It doesn't matter a ball game. It doesn't matter anything that's going on that's outside of it. The church family is important. And it's more important than the majority of things that you may be devoting all of your time and effort and energy to. Last one is this. As the true family of Jesus, we should rejoice in the privilege of being a part of his family. Listen, in God's kindness, our earthly family is not the only family that we have, or even our truest family. We should never underestimate or minimize the privilege it is to be joined to the family of God. And your church family is important. Listen, take time to get to know them. You want to do something crazy one Sunday? Sit on the opposite side of the church. Get to know those folks. Now, you would completely mess up my mind. But take time to get to know them. And if you see somebody that looks like they're hurting, take them to lunch. If you see somebody that you don't really know, listen, we're not all going to get along. We're not all going to even like each other. But listen, the reality is that we as a family have to know each other and have to come together. Look, the reason we do a ladies Christmas tea, the reason that we do things for our youth ministry, the reason that we have man-to-man, the reason we have ladies fellowships, the reason why we do all these things is so that you as a church family can function properly. Take time to know them. Take time to encourage them. Take time to be with them. Look, COVID has done a number on church family stuff. It's easy for us to say no and feel more safe at our own house and not being around other people. Can I tell you, this is one of Satan's greatest attacks. When you're all by yourself, you don't have your fellowship, you don't have your church family to help you, you are in a losing battle. So let me close with this thought. It doesn't matter what your biological family relationships look like. God in his graciousness gave everyone the opportunity to have a church family. Are you an active part of your church family? If not, why not? Listen, each and every one of you have gifts and abilities that should be used to glorify the Lord and to serve his church. And if you've kind of been on the outskirts if you've been sitting back just waiting to be asked or waiting to be a part of listen can I tell you it's not how this works and you are my church family and as much as I love my own personal family my wife and my children I love you equally the reality is that we've got to start viewing each other in that same lens you know what the The reputation sometimes of the church and the community is they fight all the time. You know what the proper reputation should be? Man, those people love each other. And I know him. He's crazy. He's hard to love. I'm not talking about me. (laughs) I feel like that was an assumption that shouldn't have been made. Listen. When the church sees people love each other, can't tell me that not everybody in this world wants to be loved. The love of Christ compels us. The love of Christ motivates us, provokes us to genuinely love each other. So I challenge you and close with this. Are you an active part of the church family? You even know the names of your church family. You know what's going on in their lives. Do you genuinely care about them? Everybody would bow their heads and close their eyes just for a second. Worship team is going to come forward and sing a really sweet song to close this out. I love when scripture comes to places like this and Jesus gives such a clarity. So, listen, I know that my earthly family is important. I wouldn't be here without them. But equally important is my church family, my brothers and sisters in Christ. So, I ask you are you a good brother? Are you a good sister? Are you a good mother? Are you a good father in Christ? If not, make the adjustments in your life. I can't imagine some of those people sitting in that crowd that didn't have good relationships with their father and their mother and they walked out of there knowing that they had a heavenly father. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, you've never placed your faith and trust in him. That's the starting point. If you're here and you've been loosely associated with the family and you wonder why it doesn't feel like family as much as it should, It's probably because you're not approaching it like your own family. Let me encourage you this morning. Be the church family that he describes here. Dear Father, I come to you thankful for the examples that you give. Such clarity to define why we even call it a church family. Lord, I pray for those that are good family members. I pray that you would encourage their hearts, help them to continue. Lord, you tell us that you would give us the strength to be able to endure. Father, I pray for those that are not yet family members. That I pray that you would help them to understand that here they belong. Here they are loved by you and they're loved by your people. Father, I pray for those that are on the outskirts a little bit. Just, whether they have a bad example of family or whether they just don't understand what it means to be a part of a family, I pray that you would give them clarity on what you've called them to do. Father, we love you and trust you in all these things. In Christ's precious and only name we pray, amen. If everybody would stand as we sing this last song, I want you to understand there's a, a an altar that's open to you. If you wanna pray in your own seat, Whatever it is, take some time and pray that you would be the proper family member of Pooler Bible Church.